Hey guys, and welcome to The Wellness Hive. I'm your host, Brianna. So this is an absolutely crazy time, right? All I can think about is this damn coronavirus. So I don't want to inundate you with more talk about the virus itself. I just want to talk about like kind of how to survive (laughs) right now in the midst of this like inevitable social isolation that we are facing as we quarantine ourselves. It's just really insane how quickly things spiraled out of control. It's put so many things into perspective and I'm just consumed by it all, right? I was, you know, torn about, you know, what to cover this week and what I wanted to focus on and talk about. And I decided that I wanted to focus more on movement and food in particular, and really, you know, taking a glimpse into how we can get through this social isolation and still maintain some inkling of sanity and maybe a fitness regimen somewhere in between right and it's tough we're stuck at home trying to survive the day with our kids or boyfriend or husband or in-laws or whatever your living situation might be and still maintain some sense of routine so you know when this thing passes we're not all fucked up you know that's how i'm feeling at least my entire schedule has been turned upside down and i'm just grasping at straws trying to figure out like how to regain a sense of control and stability amidst it all. And kind of along those same lines, because, you know, a lot of us are fortunate to quarantine ourselves and choose not to go to work because we have the ability, we have the leave, we have the time, and we won't have any financial impacts. There are many of us who who just don't have that luxury, and it is a luxury. Um, I'm a member of a few mom groups on Facebook and it's been kind of shocking to read all the mom shaming that's going on. I'm a little surprised by it, honestly, because these groups are generally very positive, but it seems right now that there's a great deal of judgment being passed to women who don't have the option to self-quarantine and work from home. And I just want everyone to keep in mind that some people work jobs that don't allow them to miss work when, you know, many people who work hourly jobs like don't show up they legitimately don't get paid if they don't clock in I know it's a really scary time for all of us and we're all freaking out about possibly contracting the virus or hearing the latest news about someone else in our community who's contracting the virus but we have to be sensitive to the fact that many people have to still maintain a sense of normalcy and keep on keeping on like everything is everything because that's just their reality And, you know, we need to try and help them the best we can versus pass judgment. And remember, if people could choose to stay home with their family in isolation in an effort to avoid contracting this virus, like I'm sure they would, right? I don't think that anyone is out here doing what they can to spread it. Um, Positive presuppositions, you know, I think that we need to lead with kindness and understanding and that, you know, a little bit of kindness, a little bit of understanding goes a long, long way. So I just wanted to say that because it's just been frustrating reading a lot of like comments and articles about people who, you know, think they know, you know, what's going on in someone else's life. And and I just think it's really unfortunate that that's the, the path that we're choosing to take when, you know, commenting on someone saying something about the fact that you know that they have to go to the store they have to go to the mall they have to go to the you know do whatever just because like that's just their life and all we can do is just hope for the best and send them good vibes and you know hope everything works out for them okay so you know back to what to do right like what do we do in this time and in these moments um we're trapped at home 
all we have is, you know, all we have to do is stare at our families. Like that's all entertain our children, just kind of survive. Well, I picked up a time, a copy of time magazine, which I love side note guys. If you didn't know or haven't checked it out, time magazine, time magazine, I mean, you should, they have been publishing some really great articles about food, nutrition, exercise, like literally all the things. I don't know when they went all mindfulness focused, but I love it and I'm here for it. And in a recent article published in their latest edition, uh, Richard Jerome talks about mood and food. That's actually the title of the article. I personally needed to hear this, guys. <laughs> Not going to lie. Food is truly where things go downhill for me. If I didn't work out the way that I did, I'd be a much bigger person. Uh, my weight honestly fluctuates a ton depending on how I'm eating. It takes a lot of work and real discipline for me to lose weight. I am not in any way insinuating that I am like an overweight person or super big like at all or even if I was a little bit bigger than what I am that that would be a horrible negative thing but I have a sense of like physical fitness and a level that I try to maintain and it's really tough for me. Um, it is not easy. So this article resonated with me on a lot of level levels and you know, for real in the past and, you know, not going to lie a little recently too. food is, you know, something that I've used to cope with stress and frustration. I love sugar. Okay. And it's tough for me to resist a cookie and cake and chocolate in general. So I totally understand that fight to resist the urge and come on, like cauliflower can never truly replace rice. You know, I try and try, try it just, it never satisfies my hunger and craving, but we do what we can to just get through. Right. So in the article, Richard Jerome talks about uh, a woman named Felice Jaca, who is a nutritional psychiatrist. Okay. Nutritional psychiatrist. I am a counselor in my adult life and I had no idea that this was a thing, but it makes so much sense. And I honestly need to know if it's covered under my health insurance because I need this in my life immediately. So Jaca is one of the world's acknowledged authorities in her field. She is the director of the Food and Mood Center in Declan, at Declan University in Australia. She's also the founder and president of the International Society for Nutritional Psychiatry. So she is definitely a credible source here. In the article I read, Jerome quotes Felice Jaca when she says, mental disorders account for the leading cause of global disability when people are unable to participate fully in life, in the workforce, and in education. What most people don't know is that there have been no new medical treatments for depression for decades. The treatments we do have, antidepressants and therapy, do not work for many. So there is an urgent need to develop new ones. She goes on to say, one of the most obvious yet under-recognized factors in the development of major trends in mental health is the role of nutrition. So I was honestly blown away to read that for the last few decades, there have been no new treatments for depression. Depression is extremely prevalent, not just for adults, but for adolescents. I work in a middle school, like my day to day adult grown up job. And I have about five counselors in my department. We also have a school psychologist and a school social worker that works with us as part of the counseling team to meet with children and families to support them and provide resources for any type of social emotional support that they might need on average my counseling team talks with about 10 kids a week 
who express some form of depressive thoughts and or feelings. 10 kids per week. And that's like the average, right? So there are peaks and valleys depending on kind of what's happening throughout the year. So there are definitely moments where we see more of them. Right now is kind of a crazy time. So we're seeing a lot more kids for depression and anxiety. About 80% of the kids in conversations that we talk to lead to suicidal thoughts or ideation, which is super scary, but that's just kind of our reality. When I think about how healthy kids are, it really makes me makes a ton of sense and it makes me think about like, are they actually healthy? What are they consuming? What are they eating? Now we know that suicidal ideation in adolescence, you know, there are so many causes that are apart from nutrition and what they're consuming, but I think that food coupled with their change in hormone level is a deadly combination. You know, thinking about all of the chemical imbalances that they experience through their adolescent development, I mean, it's really just like fascinating to think how food could be an impact, both positive and negative, on that. So it's just something to keep in mind, but not just with adolescents, but generally speaking with people. I'm just, you know, really interested in like given how people change society has changed it's shocking to me to think that we wouldn't have new and improved methods to treat depression right am i the only one who's surprised by that i mean doctors and researchers come up with new and improved meds constantly why would this be any different i was super stumped here i'm not gonna lie but let's move on because i don't want to get stuck at just that point although it is something that we should keep in mind like maybe come back to at another time So having that knowledge, like that little nugget of information, it makes sense that we have to start keeping in mind the role that nutrition plays in our overall health. So I'm sure you're wondering, like, why are we talking about this? Nutrition is important, duh, we hear it everywhere. It's like ingrained in us, like drilled in our brains everywhere we look, like all of the things about nutrition, don't eat carbs, don't do this, don't eat sugar, blah, blah, blah. Like we definitely hear it all the time. Abs are made in the kitchen and all that jazz. But why does it matter? right now like right now in particular well cabin fever my friends is no joke and can lead to depression that mixed with poor diet causes a shit storm that i think we all want to avoid right so let's pause on food real quick and talk about cabin fever it's a saying that i've heard a lot in just the last few days and it's kind of crazy because we're just at the start of this whole quarantine i read somewhere that we are like what 10 days behind italy so Italy is like in deep quarantine. Nobody's leaving their houses. It's like the law now that they can't go out into the street. If they do, they have to be like three or four feet away from each other, something crazy. So it's just it's just interesting to think like this is kind of people are already expressing feelings of like, I'm going insane being at home and I don't know what to do. And I'm just feeling super restless. And we're just at the start of it. So I'm just thinking to myself like, oof, settle in, guys. It's going to be a rough few more weeks. So assuming that not everyone knows what cabin fever is, I'm just going to quote a definition from verywellmind.com. They say that cabin fever is a popular term for a relatively common reaction to being isolated in a building for a period of time. Some experts believe that cabin fever is a sort of syndrome, while others feel that it's linked to such disorders as seasonal affective disorder and claustrophobia. Cabin fever obviously impacts people differently, but common feelings include restlessness, lethargy, sadness and depression, trouble concentrating, lack of patience, food cravings, decreased motivation, difficulty waking, frequent napping, hopelessness, changes in weight, inability to cope with stress, among others. Just a note, because I do work 
in the mental health field. And I think it's important to note that all of these feelings that I just listed could certainly be exacerbated by a pre-existing condition of depression and or anxiety. So like if you are already feeling depressed, if you're already feeling anxious, this is going to be even more elevated for you, which I think is why it's even more important to hear this and to like really be mindful and intentional when thinking about the foods that you're consuming and how we're moving our bodies on a regular basis. And like I said, cabin fever impacts people differently. So that also includes and is important to note that if we have to be home or we choose to be home for an extended amount of time, it's important to do what we can to maintain some sense of normalcy and routine. I am going to be saying that like a hundred times throughout this episode because I, I really think like that's the goal. How do we create normalcy, routine, stability, consistency? Like those are the things that we need to be thinking about. How can we do those things without like driving ourselves crazy and insane? And I do believe that it starts with what we're consuming. Back to that Time article that I mentioned earlier, Richard Jerome quotes Drew Ramsey, an author and assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at Columbia University. He says, we think about a lot of long-term consequences when we think about our diet, such as heart health, diabetes, and cancer. But we don't really tie what we eat to our risk of mental health disorders like depression and anxiety. Them's the facts, y'all. I mean, I can relate to this. When I think about improving my food intake, I honestly never think, hmm, if I eat better, it'll reduce my anxiety and depression. I honestly just think about like the physical and health impacts. So like, yeah, obesity, diabetes, cancer because it runs in my family like all of these things are things that I think about on a regular basis when I'm thinking about nutrition obviously like weight loss weight gain but like anxiety depression nah that's not something that crosses my mind so I mean and maybe that's just me but that's just something that like I found super interesting Ramsey continued by saying We have a very consistent evidence base from many different countries and cultures showing that better diet quality is associated with an approximate 30% reduction in the risk of depression. These findings, she notes, suggest that a healthy diet not only can help prevent and treat depression, but may be important for other aspects of brain health as well. This is all so incredibly fascinating to me, guys. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not claiming to be. I'm just like reading articles, quoting articles with data from doctors and researchers. This is just something I feel strongly about, mainly because I'm impacted by it. Food is all around us. We make choices about what to eat constantly throughout the day. And I personally do not restrict my eating, like I mentioned, (laughs) because it makes me crazy. So I have to be even more aware of how much I'm eating of a certain food group. And it's a lot to manage. So I believe knowledge is power. The more you know, the better able you are to make wise, healthy choices. My hope is that making those choices becomes more natural and takes less work and effort. Like choosing the healthy option should get easier and easier over time. At least that's the goal. That's the hope always. So what do you do now that you know how much nutrition impacts your mood? I was pleased to find that in this edition of Time Magazine, they had an A to Z nutritional guide and it provides information and nutritional facts about most foods like coffee, eggs, butter, high fructose, corn syrup, gluten, etc. 
it's not broken down by the food group collectively but giving it gives you facts more about like each individual food which i kind of liked because you know sometimes nutritional guides are broken down by like dairy products so eggs and milk and cheese and all of that is kind of lumped together so this one kind of breaks each individual food separately and talks about how like what their nutritional value is and what the nutritional impacts are so i liked it i wasn't able to find a digital version of this guide so i plan to scan and post it on my webpage click the link click the link in my bio to check it out if you're interested i found it super helpful for sure so with that said we can't forget about the importance of movement now more than ever guys it's so crucial because The more we're just hanging around the house, not doing shit, the more we just don't want to do shit. Our motivation plummets and we have to start at point A or pull ourselves from rock bottom. So let's not get that far, okay? I read an article on psychology today about the importance of movement and Christopher Berglund wrote a good one called Moving Your Body is Good for Your Mind. In it, he says, Moving your body not only improves cardiovascular health, it improves cerebrovascular health. A wide range of recent studies have found that exercise improves brain function, structure, and connectivity. These brain improvements are directly linked to improved learning, memory, and cognitive function. I feel like it's like literally saying like it keeps you sane. It allows you to process information. It allows you to like really think clearly. It allows you to make good choices. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I think during times like these, it's important to remember that health and wellness are absolutely not mutually exclusive. They go hand in hand. So Eglin goes or Berglund goes on to say, exercise is medicine. In many cases, aerobic activity, strength training, yoga, mindfulness can be effective and more effective than pharmaceutical treatments. So we know that to be true. We also learned the importance of incorporating healthy nutrition into your diet from Felice Jaca earlier. It continues to be proven over and over again. And we don't really need proof, you know? It's all around us truly. We feel the difference when we scarf down McDonald's versus having a balanced meal. We feel the difference in our body when we're active and moving consistently and constantly versus doing nothing for weeks at a time. We definitely feel the difference. I know the feeling of wanting to do nothing. It's overwhelming when you just want to veg out on the couch and catch up on shows. Now, I'm not saying that, or I'm not telling you that, you should not do those things. We all deserve downtime. I'm just encouraging you to move your body any way that you can and fit it in in some way so that you are avoiding the inevitable, avoiding the depression, the loss of routine, the feeling of having to start over. Just maintain the best that you can. That's the goal right now. It's like we're all trying to like get through this, survive this, maintain as best we can so that when we come out of this, we are not struggling to get back to where we were. Like we are a little bit closer. We're right there. It's just like one step versus like so many steps, like 10, 15, 20 steps away from us. So that's that's what it's about maintaining. I know a lot of places who are posting videos online and offering online platforms. And I personally am running live Instagram classes as often as humanly possible. Uh, You know, I think it's really important during this time now more than ever to connect with people or a group virtually and stick with it. Um, You'll definitely thank yourself when it's all over. 
Like we have to really move with intention right now, make time, whether it's like 20, 30, 40 minutes in a day that you are going to like maybe wake up and work out or we are going to wake up, do a few things for work, clean up your house, work out and then go about your day. Like find time with whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, like make the time. This is scary. And you know, this time is scary. And I don't know if like we've ever seen anything quite like it in our lifetime, truly, you know, in my lifetime, I'm in my like mid to late thirties. So I've never in my lifetime seen a need for quarantine. So I'm having a lot of anxiety about like being away from work and letting that pile up and knowing that like deadlines are coming and going and I'm not doing shit because work has stopped. Um, My kiddo is out of school and she is not learning right now. So I'm trying to figure out how I can supplement the things that she's already done so that she can maintain and not regress. Um, you know, trying to maintain just some stability in my life and routine, uh, going to bed, waking up, like doing the things that I normally would do so that when I have to get back to it, I'm not like dead and and struggling. Right. So I'm right there with you and I'm here. If anyone needs anything, we can hang out live, have a glass of wine, work out together, whatever it takes to keep us sane please, please, please reach out anytime. I am definitely aware of, of, you know, just like what's going on in the world and like how stressful and scary it is. And I totally feel those same things too. And I truly am just using fitness as an outlet to maintain a sense of sanity, if nothing else, because it's hard to be at home. It's hard to be isolated. It's hard to just like stare at the walls of your house and not kind of experience the world the way that we're normally you know and used to doing on a regular basis so you know check in on your friends who seem like they're okay uh, check in with each other check in with me I'll check in with you and reach out if there's anything that I can do to help during this crazy time of social isolation all right friends thank you so much for tuning in check back with me next week with another episode from the wellness hive